You're listening to Feeding Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Today's homily is from the fifth Sunday of Lent, 2022. It is entitled, See, I'm Doing Something New. I have asked any of the crew to keep this slide up. This is from the book of Isaiah, because for me it says something amazing, exciting, Refreshing, ever ancient, ever new. Because God says something through Isaiah that I think is amazing. He says, see, I'm doing something new. If you'll forgive my laser pointer. I'm doing something new. He says this because I think many of the Israelites don't like new. They don't like new. Even when they're in the desert, they constantly complain. Can't we just go back and do what we used to do? We don't want the new. But as Christians, everything we do here is refreshingly new, always new. When we baptize someone, they are made new. When someone goes to the sacrament of confession, they are made new. And at the Eucharist, once again, there is a newness. There is a newness, and it is something to be celebrated, even though we, like with St. Augustine, we talks about Jesus, ever ancient, ever new. We use this language with engaged couples who are often living together before their wedding. We'll ask them, how much of a newness do you want to your wedding night? And they know what that means. They know what that means. Do you want it to be new? We ask them to go to confession, maybe separate for a while, so there'd be something new about their marriage. Even here in the church, people ask sometimes, why do you cover these images? Well, we cover them so that's some fasting of the eyes as we approach Good Friday. Because these, these images are, they console us in a sense. But when we take the images off, Hopefully on Easter morning, there'll be something new about them. There'll be a newness there. God is doing something new, and it's to be excited, be excited about. You know, for the people of Israel, they had a covenant with God. And God would send them prophets. And even though most of the time they would abuse them, God the Father eventually says, I will send you my son. That's something radically new, amazingly new. As Christians, we believe that God the Son took on flesh. They would sacrifice animals, saying to God, this means we love you more than this animal. Well, then God the Father says, I will sacrifice my Son. That's amazingly new. That's mind-blowing new. But also, Jesus says a few things that most of us think were new and many of his hearers thought were new. In Matthew 7 and Luke 6, he says what we would call the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. We know that, like I said, that's, nowadays that's called the golden rule. And at the time, it may have seemed like something new, but actually is ever ancient, ever new. Sometimes the God of the Old Testament is seen as an old codger. I think that's unfair. 
Because way back, buried in, in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus 19, there's an echo of this where God says, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that sounds new to us. Wait a minute, that's way back there? Yes. So there's a newness there, even though it's ever ancient, ever new. And when it comes to the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do to you, let it be, let it be received now with a certain sense of newness. And I, so I want to take that and apply it to today's gospel reading. A gospel that is surrounded by mystery, surrounded by doubt, uh, surrounded by all kinds of different interpretations. And that is the woman caught in adultery. Because it sticks out like a sore thumb in the gospel of John. It is not in the other gospels. And if ever you do a deep dive into this particular gospel, you'll find biblical theologians said that was added later. It's just a legend. It didn't happen. It's not in some of the early Greek texts, but it's in the older, some of the older Latin texts. But it was always a, a story that circulated, this incident with this woman caught in adultery. But we as Catholics say, without apology, this happened. This happened. And I think Jesus, applying all kinds of golden rules to this incident, that it is pregnant with theology. So, like I said, we don't know what Jesus wrote on the ground. He bends down twice and wrote, wrote on the ground. We don't know who was watching. There's all kinds of theologians who have different ideas of what happened. So, keeping that in mind, this morning you're going to get what I think happened. I think this whole thing was a setup. I think it was a setup from the beginning to entrap Jesus and this woman because they're hoping that this itinerant preacher, this carpenter's son, this young man who thinks he's all that, doesn't know his scriptures. So what happens? They find this woman caught in adultery. They say they've seen her in the very act of adultery. What were you doing there? <laughs> they throw her down and they say to Jesus, hoping to catch him off guard, this woman was caught in a very act of adultery and Moses said that she is to be stoned to death. Jesus is quiet, bends down and starts marking in the dirt. They're hoping that he doesn't know that in Deuteronomy 22, it says they're both supposed to be stoned to death, the man and the woman. So I think he's putting down Deuteronomy 22 and in some other language putting down, it takes two to tango. But what is Jesus doing in this? We don't know what he wrote, but I think he's expressing mercy, justice, and even in a sense, he's protecting the ears of the young ones there. He's being discreet. He's being discreet. There are all kinds of people there, surrounded by men who are full of bloodlust, who are holding rocks. And they throw this woman down and accuse her of adultery. Now, I imagine there's some people in the crowd there that didn't know what adultery was, like the little ones. There are probably kids here who don't know what adultery is. Ask your parents. <laughs> but like a good parent, sometimes you have to talk in a language that only the people there know. Now, everybody there is farmers, ranchers, shepherds, 
But only the scribes, most scholars would say, only the scribes and the Pharisees and maybe some of the dads knew how to read. So Jesus starts communicating with them in the dirt, like I said, writing down Deuteronomy 22. Where's the guy? Takes two to tango. But he's also trying to protect the ears of the ones there and maybe even this young lady. You know, uh, I know my family is sometimes watching, so I'll hear about this later. But my mother's parents spoke Spanish and my father's parents spoke Italian. And we always knew when they were upset at us because they would speak in those languages so we didn't understand what they were saying. Sometimes they would complain about us. I know how to say go to bed and put these kids to bed in Spanish and Italian. And they thought we didn't know the curse words. That's the first thing you words you learn. <laughs> but in their mind, they were protecting us by speaking a different language. I think Jesus is letting these guys know that he knows his scriptures. I think he's letting them know that this was a setup and they're just as guilty. There's some other guy, some other place who probably got set up too. This happened in the Old Testament. Women were sometimes trapped in adultery so they could stone them. That, that happened. And I think it happened again. It's the whole event stinks of a trap against this lady and Jesus. And when he calls their bluff, when he knows, when he lets them know that he knows these scriptures, when he lets them know that he knows what they're up to and that they're guilty too, I think that's what makes them drop their rocks and walk off. But also Jesus is merciful and teaches us something here too. Like I said, he pulls off discretion, mercy, judgment, and justice. When he walks over to the young lady and she said, where they all go? Is anybody here to judge you? Now, in this translation, she says, no one, sir. In the Greek, she says, no, kyrios, which means Lord. She says, no one, Lord. She knows who this man is, or she has some idea. But you notice what Jesus does not say. He says something amazingly new. He says, I don't condemn you, but knock it off. I don't condemn you. I'm not here to condemn you, but you're actions might condemn you God did not Jesus did not come to condemn any of us it's our works that condemn us when we stand before God who loves us who loves us enough to give us free will all our works and deeds will be put before us maybe like screens up on a wall and these are the things that will condemn us we hope for mercy we beg for mercy but then he says the same thing to us now go and sin no more Stop it, because they might stone you. He pulls all this off, and it is absolutely ingenious. It is absolutely new, and I would say it's an application, because there's a chance he also bent down, like I said, and put Leviticus 19 down there and said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. That he was showing her mercy and them mercy, something ever ancient, but also something new. Something that may have seemed new, but only he pointed them back that this is ancient. This is nothing old. That mercy triumphed over justice. 
this is the golden rule. It is a golden rule. So this week, you know, different golden rules, different rules or sayings apply to different people. I would ask that even your families maybe sit down, maybe type out a, a golden rule, something you could put on the wall. Not too long ago, I went to a, a couple's house to bless their home. And they, they invited me into the master bedroom to bless the home. And on the big pillow, you know, some people have pillows that are, you know, big. Um, and right there in the big pillow, it said, it said, grow old with me. The, the best is yet to be. And that was for the, the married couple. And I think that's a profound reminder. It is beautiful. It moved me. And every time they walk into their bedroom, they would see it. Some couples put, I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. Maybe all of you should put that on the wall. Because that is a profound golden rule that you made a vow to. In my office, I have an image of when Bishop Amen, a picture when Bishop Amen ordained me, the very moment. I have it there for me, not for anybody else. But I also have a quote on my a quote on my computer that, you know, that, that stays there all the time is from St. Damien that says, I know my lot. Do not feel sorry for me. Do not feel sorry for me. As a, as a priest, sometimes we do hear that. Let me go ahead and say again, I love my life. Sometimes people even say, Father John, we feel so bad. We, we wish you could get married. No, no, no. I love my life because my celibacy is always new, always new. I am more fun, I would argue, I have more fun than most of you in my life. But we all have to work. We have to be diligent on making our faith always new, fresh. We have to always keep our blades sharp because it's easy to become stale. It's easy to let relationships become stale, our prayer life become stale. That's why we have Lent. Maybe discern what God's asking to do something new. And we priests, we struggle with these inclinations to sloth, to just do the same old thing. I had a pastor some years ago, I won't say what church or who it is, but he gave the same Christmas sermon every year. He even had it laminated on a piece of paper. And he wouldn't, when he would give it, it was just as boring as the first time he gave it. But it was easy, it was familiar, it could get by, it was stale. There was nothing new about it. But we're challenged to stay fresh and may even make that a golden rule. Is there, is there a way we can continue to discover something new in our faith? To plumb the depths of our faith and there's always something new. Even in the scriptures, every time we go back to it, you will experience something new. Every time you pray with your spouse, you will experience something new. Every time you go to confession, you will experience something new, a new forgiveness. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, sometimes people come to confession and say, Father, I have to confess the same old sins again. And I usually ask them, do you want new sins? I would say, no. You can work on those. And if it's the same two or three, that's probably good news. That's probably good news. So I would ask you today to maybe as you drive home or 
Is there something, some kind of golden rule, even list of golden rules you can put in your own home? Make even poster for your own home, or your own marriage, your own faith. Remember, maybe this is what this young lady put on, on her wall. I do not condemn you, but go and sin no more. That may have been, I hope, was her golden rule, and it should help us, help her, help the church to always keep our faith new. You've been listening to Fide in Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and whichever podcast player you're listening to, and you can be notified whenever new episodes drop.